This is the Gender Focus podcast from genderfocus.org. I'm Dr. Zara Martin, a senior lecturer in international relations at the University of Portsmouth. This international community of researchers and practitioners are working together to share tools, communicate knowledge and change women's lives globally. Online, we share insights from research projects that challenge violence against women and girls. We also explore knowledge around mental distress, climate, water and sanitation. Our website and these podcasts are facilitated by the University of Portsmouth and their International Development Studies Group. This time, we hear from two practitioners on how they've come together to develop an entirely new tool. This methodology allows them to measure the link between the emotional and mental well-being of pastoral communities in Ethiopia and their access to clean water. It's given a unique insight into the emotional well-being of women and men in relation to water access and allowed an insight into the gendered division of water labour in some patriarchal communities. And it's a tool that looks set to have far-reaching applications. Dr. Paul Hutchins is a lecturer in water, sanitation and health in the School of Engineering at the University of Leeds. I'm an academic that researches and teaches about the provision of water, sanitation and environmental health interventions with a focus mainly in the Global South. My background's in the social sciences, but I work very closely with engineers and public health professionals. Abinet Kabedi is a research and policy advisor working with IRC Ethiopia a non-profit organisation focusing on safe water, sanitation and hygiene. Our research mainly focuses on rural water supply, in sanitation and in hygiene activities. In addition to this, we do different cross-cutting issues related with gender as well as climate change. By qualification, I am an economist as well as a development study, but my experience focuses more on social studies, as well as on marketing and business development aspect as well. Both Paul and Abinet's teams have previously been interested in measuring the outcomes of water sanitation projects. But with a focus in Afar in Ethiopia, they faced a problem. Some pastoral communities were highly mobile, moving from site to site throughout the year. Conventional ways of measuring a community's water access usually rely on trying to link households to particular bits of fixed infrastructure and then looking at how much water they use from that fixed infrastructure. Now, for people that have high mobility in their lives, particularly pastoralists, we saw that there was a kind of deficiency in the conventional standardised measures that people like the United Nations use for their sustainable development goals and, and the government of Ethiopia use in their sector monitoring. And we believe there was kind of various things wrong with them because to start with, pastoral issues, many different water points that are split over a very large rangeland that change seasonally. And many of these sources are very informal sources that change depending on rainfall or flow of seasonal rivers. So it's very hard to measure precisely how much people with this kind of complex tapestry of water use are actually using. That's why in 2017, Paul and Abinet began working together on the WEEP project, that is, the water security in Ethiopia and the emotional response of pastoralists. 
research project. This project was one of several funded to explore innovative ideas in a humanitarian space. But what exactly does that mysterious title mean? So we, we said, well, how can we think about this in a different way? And at the same time, within various academic literatures, particularly works from anthropology, was making the link between someone's emotional well-being and welfare and their mental health and access to water, particularly for subsistent populations or people that rely very heavily on water use to support their productive aspects of their life. So either smallhold farmers or in this case pastoralists, which need to access water for their animals and live largely beyond conventional economies. So when I was based at Cranfield University, working with IRC, a Dutch and Ethiopian NGO that works on water and sanitation issues, as well as the International Water Management Institute, came together with an idea of looking at a new way of monitoring water security, particularly for pastoralist populations that are either semi or fully nomadic. And the idea of the project was to look at a new way of monitoring the experiences people have of water the kind of innovative idea within it was to move away from the traditional focus within the water and sanitation space of looking at infrastructure and looking at particularly objective quantifiable measures of services that uh, people receive to look at um, very personalised experiences of services through this idea of emotional well-being and particularly looking at the links between someone's access to water and this idea of their kind of emotional well-being and and mental health. Measuring emotional well-being in relation to water access across the rangelands was a new challenge. Without the quantitative measure of infrastructure, a whole new approach was needed to gather data and to interpret it. Abinette was working on the IRC side of the project. He and Paul worked together to develop and test this brand new methodology. IRC is renowned for its activities on rural water supply as well as in sanitation. And we create, you know, this partnership to try a new approach. I was a focal person from IRC side and I was more involved in the different field activities undertaken during the implementation of the project. In addition to that, I was also part of the team that involved in the process of developing the approach and the tool. We didn't directly try a method, but we were trying to develop uh, a process using an inductive approach. And there was a field work conducted with the local community to understand the different cultural and emotional aspects. Developing a new tool, leading fieldwork to collect data, and providing the vital link to local partners meant Abinette and his colleagues formed the essential on-the-ground role in the project. Working closely with them, Paul oversaw coordination of the international teams that also collaborated on the research. Before gathering the data, the teams had to develop a way of measuring the emotional response of people in relation to the availability of clean water and sanitation. The first stage was to do qualitative research through interviews and focus groups. In developing this emotional indicator, our team conducted different activities in three different phases. In the first phase, what we tried to do was learn 
about the community, understanding the pastoralist livelihood and their concepts about uh, their system and what is for them feeling secure or insecure. Uh, in addition to this, we do the selection of our study sites based on access to water. In developing this tool, we want to have a comparison between different scenarios. So we try to develop different pockets areas that have different water access. So we try to identify villages that are appropriate for the study as well as understand the community. Then in the second step, what we try to do was to have a focus on water and on emotional response. So here, our discussion with the community, with female and male community members. And in doing so, what we try to do is to understand even the terminologies, the different terminologies that are used within the community to reflect their emotions. By understanding the terminology, the team were then able to build the measure of emotional response. They were then ready to conduct a quantitative survey looking at both male and female correspondents. They designed a bank of nine questions, giving respondents the opportunity to select up to three emotional responses. This multidimensional approach was different to conventional approaches, where the head of the household might be the only one consulted. This allowed a further insight into the emotional response of male and female correspondents, respectively. This gave some fascinating insights into gendered issues. We tried to develop an indicator, and based on this indicator, we collect data from uh, sample households. But one unique feature of the data collection process is we understood that emotion is reflected at an individual level. Some of the insight we have taken is that the community is very patriarchic one, and uh, there is a clear division of labor among uh, men and female. The role of women have significant role in managing uh, a household and uh, domestic activities, but their decision-making status is very minimal. Since uh, males also spend a lot of time, you know, uh, in far areas in search of pasture and water, there are uh, times where the female or the nucleus families that left behind uh, have an emotional stress or toll due to various things because there is poor communication exchange uh, as well as infrastructure, you know, to support the livelihood system. We have seen, you know, similar trends in terms of emotion. There is no big difference between male respondent and female respondent. This shows that though the women are more burdened with the actual activity, still, you know, there is a, uh, emotional sharing uh, or the understanding of the males as well, you know, the different burdens the women are faced. In terms of searching water, the physical toll is very high for women because every morning they have to raise and uh, search water from very far areas and they have to carry it back home if they have, uh, you know, equines that uh, they use them. If not, they have to carry it by themselves. So this is their daily routine and they are also responsible to manage their household activities like the males do not involve in any of household activities.
So this shows, you know, the high burden the women's face and the challenge they encounter during those dry seasons frequently. And this creates a physical as well as emotional pressure on the women and they feel, you know, helpless. Uh, they feel, you know, very weak and they feel they cannot make any decision by self and so on. It has deprived them, you know, all these aspects of their outlook. A key takeaway, in spite of this, was that the emotional indicator gave similar results in both males and females, in spite of the gender differences in labour. Paul says this is something they'd like to investigate further in other contexts. That indicator actually showed that across male and female and across nearly all the households we were working in, people were very, very worried about their water and they were highlighting things like fear, grief, anxiety, these types of emotions. And so water was deeply affecting their emotional state. But there was really no or no statistical difference between male and female respondents. And we think what's happening here is that we were working in an extremely water insecure context. And it was a small study to kind of develop and proof of concept a new approach. So we were focused on three main villages. And actually, there's a our kind of emerging theory or hypothesis from the work is that there, there might be a threshold effect here, that we're at such low levels of water insecurity that the gender differences that we suspected might actually um, exist are, ju- are just not found because men and women and, and all across all different types of household are very, very worried and very, very scared about their water situation because it is so insecure. We do have planned a, a follow-up study involving IRC and colleagues at the University of Colorado Boulder to actually reapply our approach alongside other ways of measuring water insecurity to a context that involves both a rural far locations and peri-urban and urban and we hope with that gradient of different experiences we will be able to unpick the emotional response differences across people living at different levels of water security but also when we start looking at that we suspect that as you move up higher levels of water security you will start to see male respondents have more secure emotional well-being quicker than women. So, although each context was very much tailored to a specific community's language and terminology, Paul and Abinette see the opportunity to transfer this kind of methodology to many more contexts to gain a deeper understanding of gendered states of emotional well-being in the future. If you'd like to find out more, visit our website at genderfocus.org. You can share your gender-focused research and practitioner insights there and follow us on Twitter at genderfocus and LinkedIn for our newsletter and details of upcoming webinars. Thanks for listening.